Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about collars and shackles and restraints? What? I mean, let's talk about leather. Right? <laughs> oh, I get it. Because leather is a common gift for a third anniversary. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, why don't we save that for our other podcast? What? And let's talk about gaming tonight. Okay, that's probably a better idea. Cue music. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your third-year hosts, Phil. And I am your other third-year host, Senda. Wow. So, tonight we are celebrating our third anniversary of Pandas Talking Games, which is, like, wow. And it's very exciting because it means for three years... We've been answering your topics and questions. Huh. Whoa. Right. Uh, tonight we're going to take a break from our our main format, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna answer one question. We're gonna reminisce about some of our favorite episodes this year, and then we're gonna talk about uh, like what year four is going to have mm-hmm. um, uh, ahead of us. So, uh, Senda, what is our question for this evening? Jim from Jim Likes Games asked by email, I'd love for you to talk about homework and getting players to invest stuff between sessions and how to handle the spread between people who will do that, whether you ask or not, and folks who only remember their own PC's name when they look at their sheet each week. This is a fantastic uh, question, and I could not help but to grab it and put it into our notes. It is a thing that as a GM drives me crazy. And as a player, I only do a mediocre job of um, solving. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to do a little bit more of do what we say, not exactly what we do. Yes. <laughs> um, but we are going to talk about how to be a better prepared player by talking about two things, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, things you can do at the table and things you should be doing between sessions. Yes. So at the table, the key thing is to capture as much information about the game as you need to properly remember what was going on and what happened between the different sessions of the game, right? Which is partially going to depend on how long it is between each session. So for me, like two weeks, that's quite a while. Also, we don't necessarily get to play our main game every two weeks. So I need enough notes that I can remember after a month or potentially a month and a half, what happened last game, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't do this part, then the other part that we'll talk about in a minute where we talk about what you should be doing between games just won't work, right? If you do do this part, if you get the notes down and you kind of don't do the things between the games, this part will still help you. Yeah, absolutely. Notes are the number one thing that is going to help you. The other th- stuff that we'll talk about in a little bit, they're great. Yeah. Um, they're awesome add-ons. But ultimately, notes are going to be the thing that helps you remember what it is you did in the last session. And that's actually the most important thing. Because as we think about it, 
the most important thing about a game is what actually happens at the table. So the better you're able to remember that and the better you're able to recall that information, the better it will be between session, from session to session. So when it comes to taking notes, there is no right way to take notes for uh, what's going on in a session. You should... You should find a way and a format that works for you. I'm going to um, steal a page from uh, my productivity guru and spiritual mentor, David Allen, and say that if you are not excited about the tools that you are using, you will not do the work. So when I say that, you do need to take notes during a game. You do. Like if you're a player and you're not taking notes between a game, you're kind of not holding up your end of the bargain. Yeah. Um, the other stuff we're going to talk about are like the nice to haves and the things that GMs would really love players to do. But minimally, if you are not taking some sort of notes, not taking some sort of responsibility in remembering what happened session to session, you are kind of letting uh, the group down. Yeah. Because because here's what happens. And I'm just going to go off script for a second. What happens when you don't remember is that you re- you force everyone else to have to like fill in the blanks for you and you wind up uh, burning valuable time in the game by having people trying to remember things like to remind you of what happened also when you don't remember you miss out on things like cool plot twists and surprises and things like that because if you don't remember that the you know the bartender had you know a missing finger and then, you know, find a clue later about a glove with only four fingers in it, right? Like, then that thing just kind of goes over your head and it lacks the drama the GM and possibly the group is trying to create. So, you're, you're, you're failing, honestly, you're failing the game and the group if you won't at least take notes. Now, yes. again... Going back to taking notes, not saying you have to write copious notes, right? You need to write enough notes that you can remember what it is that happened last session. Yep. Okay. So you need to find out what that is. And to go back to David Allen, it should be interesting. So if you want to open a Google Doc and, you know, have the whole group typing notes in it during the course of a session, that's awesome. Uh, If you want to have individual notebooks for your characters... Um, and, you know, just use those notebooks to write in them uh, for each character in each game. Cool. If you want to just do index cards, I'm a huge, I'm actually a huge fan. I do index cards for my characters uh, typically uh, when we play. Not not every game, but a lot of times I will do index cards and just, um, I will write them up and just stick them in with the character. Yeah. Oh, God. I think by the end of my Dungeon World campaign, I had like a small stack of index cards that went with Corrin. But it was like the method that worked for me at the time. If you want to just have a whole, uh, like one big journal that you put all your uh, games in, I think that's what you do. It is totally what I do. And I was going to just mention, um, like, this is part of the reason that we've ended up talking about notebooks and stuff so much, because having a notebook that you like writing in and that works for you at the table is like one of those things that really will help you make notes. So I'm always using the Studio O one because the thing that matters to me is that it feels nice tactilely. Like it's, I've got one of the ones that has the canvas covers and it opens flat and like opening flat and me not having to hold down the pages and like have pages flopping back and forth is the difference between me taking notes during the game and not taking notes during the game and it just is and i love having it as like the souvenir of all the sessions that i've played 
It's great. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think that um, in the many many ways I've gone through these, uh, moleskines have been a, a longtime favorite of mine. They open flat as well. Yeah. Um, I have a traveler's notebook. Yeah. That actually does not open flat. So I actually um, modified mine to not keep the notebook part bound into the book yeah. so that I can just uh, take the notebook out from the cover because they will lay flat the notebooks yeah. Yeah. Um, and just and lay and just put that on the table and take notes. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. And uh, I also recommend that you find something you like writing with. Yeah. If you have never bought a nice pen... And I don't mean super expensive, but I mean, if you haven't invested a little money in a pen, you're probably like, oh, I don't know, just I can use any pen to take notes. You can until you have gotten like a really cool pen and then you will know like what a, what, how smooth a pen moves across a piece of paper and you will be uh, utterly amazed and will actually um, be excited about writing. Right. Um, it's and nice. for that, I highly recommend uh, jetpens.com. Oh, what a surprise. I will tell you, jetpens.com is uh, the place if you want to buy, uh, honestly, if you want to buy notebooks or pens, I would make jetpens one of your first stops. Like, you will find both. The shipping is free, over $25. I know, because I do it frequently, over $25. (laughs) Um, And they ship pretty quickly. And they have a large variety of stuff. So you're going to find cool notebooks. You're going to find really cool pens. It's worth it. It's worth taking a little bit. Anyway, so notes, notes, notes. It is important. Take notes. Nothing else we're talking about matters if if outside of the game, if you can't remember what happened inside the game. Yeah. And and it really just means whatever you need to remember. And sometimes for some games, for me, that's been like two lines and then like a sentence of like, and for next time we were about to. Yeah. Yeah. I usually, um, I usually do a couple things. I usually write one or two sentences per, um, per scene. Yep. Right. So I'll just be like, okay, uh, space race. I crashed. Like, right. I I was literally just looking. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then I do like the thing that you said, right? So the last moment of the game, I tend to write like a couple sentences about, um, especially if I know like I was going to do something and it didn't come up. Like, uh, confronted so-and-so, totally going to hate kiss him in the airlock. Right, exactly. Right? Like, like, if I yeah. know the next thing that's going to happen, I'm going to do it. I think my last notes go go that my I named my skimmer Spike. We were doing a race. Triv is building the gravity thing. I have the engine. It bends time and space. Ends. Kissing Choss. Spike is destroyed. Triv comes into us hate kissing. Yeah, perfect. That's where we left off. <laughs> so... Uh, one last thing. So, yeah. like, we're going to talk about the things you should do between sessions. But if Senda didn't do any of the things that we're about to talk about, and you just showed up to the game, and five minutes before the game, you reread that, yeah, the chance that you're ready to jump back into the game is pretty high. Pretty high. Yep. Okay. It's good. So, good, good, good. All right. Now... You've taken your notes because you've listened to us and you understand <laughs> that you're failing your group if you're not taking some sort of notes. Yes. Okay. So what, now. <laughs> what could people be doing between sessions based on those notes that would take this to another level? Okay. So the next level is you could review your notes between sessions to kind of refresh your memory so it's really sitting there alive 
before you get to the game. Because when you look at those notes, hopefully it brings other things back that you didn't necessarily write down. Like, I know it was Mario Kart World. I didn't write Mario Kart World down. So, right? Um, you can think about your character a bit and where they're going and what their goals are. And um, if it's the right kind of game, then maybe powers or moves that you want or whatever advancements you're kind of wanting to work towards. Like Scum and Villainy is a Blades in the Dark, in the dark game. So I would be thinking about like, you know, what things I want to pick up next. What is my, where am I going to be spending my downtime. Um, downtime? What am I working towards, right? Mm-hmm. And then I want to think about how I can include other players in my ideas. So like you you can you can be like I know that this is my goal and also I know that Phil is also trying to get to this same mountain to talk to the yogi and um I want to kill her and he wants to talk to her but we could work together on getting there and then fight it out when we reach the top of the mountain or whatever, right? Um <laughs> So, like, how do you tie other people in? You can always work on your mechanical mastery. So you could be reading some of the rules, especially stuff that you're like, well, I'm not really sure how this works, but it's a thing that came up last game and I know it's going to come up for me again. Um, And you can work on your setting mastery. So if there's stuff in the setting, if you're using the setting out of a book or something like that, doing a little bit of studying on the setting helps out, right? So if you can dedicate an evening or two between games, like maybe once a week or, you know, depends on how far apart your games are, then you will be super duper prepared. Uh, you see, I would, actually say, I would yeah. actually say you, if you're playing, like say you're playing every two weeks or every three weeks, you yeah. should still do something once a week. Oh, no, I agree with you. Right. Because that'll but, carry like, I don't think you have to do it. I don't think you have to do it like, you know, multiple times. But I think if you touch this stuff once a week, yeah, then you in between games it stays fresh. Yeah, right. But like if you play the game on Mondays and Fridays, maybe you just touch it on Wednesdays. If you play it on, you know, I don't know. But I mean, there could be a situation in which it's close together, but you want to look at it twice in one week. But maybe just not for as long, or you know, whatever that is. Right. Exactly. I I think that any interaction. With your material, your character, your notes, whatever. I think any interaction like that in the in-between time is going to keep you fresh and make you fresher for the game. Yeah. All right. So that's the things you should be doing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Do as we say, not as we do. (laughs) Well, now let's get to Jim's part of the question, right? How do you... Because I think Jim's question is actually how do you make... Yes. Right? Let's talk about homework. Getting players to invest stuff between sessions. Getting players to do something. Yes. All right. So here's the tricky thing. You can't. Right. You you can't get players to do anything. Right. It's just the nature of people. It's the nature of the game. Like, we can't actually force anyone to do something. I, I, I'm always fond of the Ken Height quote that talks about um, horror, which is, like, you can't make a table be scared. Like, they have to want to be scared. Um, The same thing is true for your players. You can't make your players do any work between games. They have to want to do work. And and that's where we go to Jim's question about the unevenness of this is because sometimes there are players who naturally just do this for their characters. And there are other people who don't. And it's hard to level them out. 
because for the people who are excited about doing it, it's no problem. It's no work. It's the thing they want to do. And for the people who are not doing it, and to use Jim's word, the homework part of it may be less appealing. Yeah. There's a reason why somebody often likes to be a player, and that's yeah. because it's less work than being the GM. Right, which, uh, which is not always indicative of, like, somebody being lazy. Sometimes it's, it's indicative of, like, I have a kid, and when doesn't, so he gets to spend a lot of time interacting with game material and really investing in a character that's not necessarily table time, and he always has... I have other obligations that I really have to weigh, you know, my time pretty carefully about where I spend that time. So I take good notes, but I don't necessarily interact between games, right? Exactly. And so this is the thing, right? So what will determine what you can and can't do is going to be an individual basis. And it is it is partially going to have to do with your outside commitments, that is work, a family, kids. I will say that it tends to track younger gamers tend to have um, more time for investing than older gamers do. Oh, right? older, yeah. Yeah. Older, older gamers wind up with more of those external commitments than younger gamers. But that's not always true, right? Younger gamers have um, younger gamers could have college and, and school and things like that. Um, I never let have, that. I never let that get in my way. Right. But they also have youth and <laughs> like don't need to sleep as much. Yeah. Um, so you know. the thing so the thing is you can't make everyone do it. You can ask people to do it and it's a perfectly reasonable thing to include in a session 0. Yeah. Uh, it is perfectly reasonable to say in a session 0 that an expectation of this game is that everybody will like review their notes and be ready to play when we get to the table. Yes. Like and and have everyone agree to that. Like that's the kind of table stakes, right? Like that's the kind of like low level agreement that you can get. Like you can get a table to agree upon. Yeah. You're not gonna it, 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 unless you handpick a super dedicated group. You're not going to be able to get like a super team that's going to between sessions do all the other things that we talked about, right? Right. You're likely going to have one A student. Yep. Right. Who's going to do all of those things? Yep. Um, but really, what you're looking for is common denominator in this case, right? What is the common denominator that you want to accomplish? Now, I will say, if if all my players were to review their notes and have an idea where they were before we hit the table, oh, yeah. that would be phenomenal. Right. And I would not be opposed to asking players between sessions, like, "Hey, uh, next session you're going to level up." So, uh, you know, next week, think about what you want um, to take so that when we get to the table, you guys can make your picks really quick and we can get back to playing. Yeah. Um, so you can do something like that. Like, that's also fine to ask like a one-time one time kind of effort. You know, like, for instance, if I was running your Scum and Villainy game and we're getting close to ending your job, I, I would be telling players like, okay, look, uh, next week when we come back, we're going to do downtime. If you don't already know what you want to use your four downtime actions for, yep, like for two, right? Two downtime actions before without, yeah, two downtime actions. I've only you had one downtime yet, so I don't remember. Right. So I think it's two, <laughs> right? So if you don't, if you like... So get an idea of what to do with your uh, two downtime actions. Like if you want to do a project clock for something, like you should probably think about what that is, that kind of thing. You can review them in the back of the book and I'll see you guys next week. Right. Yeah. Like that's totally, that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, my best advice, my best advice to you, Jim, is this is a session zero thing. You should ask players. I think if players are unwilling to commit to reviewing their notes before the game, then I really, you know, then weigh if you really want them in the game. Like, I yep. think that's the. Yeah, agree. Right. Because it's not a, it's not a big ask. And I think part of this is as most game advice comes down to right is a social thing so it's a social contract we're really talking about communication and the communication of expectations if people are straight up unwilling to fulfill the expectations that you have of them at the table then maybe this just isn't a good game situation for them right yeah and i and i'll say that the ground you can stand on for that is that like we said earlier if you are not prepared for the game you are like bringing down the whole group because you're forcing the group to kind of fill you in or you're missing out on things or whatever. So you're diminishing the play for the whole group. Yes. So um, if you're not willing to support the group at a minimal level, then, you know, maybe you shouldn't be in the group. Right. Yeah. Sound fair? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Cool. Cool. You want to ramble on and talk about uh, show favorites? I'm so excited to. So next up, we want to look back at this year and talk about a few of our favorite episodes. We're going to go back and forth with them. And surprisingly, I think we only have one overlap, which is, uh, I don't know, surprising. So, Phil, why don't you start us off? So I'm going to say first that these are in no particular order. Yes, indeed. Um, except that they're in numerical order because you and I <laughs> did the exact same thing, which was go to the Misdirected Mark website and, and go click backwards. the back yes. button to go back through our episodes. Yes, so, indeed. Yep. Um, these episodes are everything from 101 uh, to uh, 149. Yep. So the last year. Yep. My first pick is episode 137, Problematic Content. Yep. Pretty recent. Yeah, that's pretty recent. And we I, I like it because um, we talked about ways to handle difficult content in your games. Like, yeah. how do you do it respectfully? How do you do it safely? And again, by no means, I think we made this uh, same statement in the in it. We are no me by no means experts, but there's some serious common sense you can use to be respectful and safe as you look at more difficult topics in your games. Yeah, and actually that one almost made my list. It was very close, mm-hmm. right? Your first pick is actually my second pick. So I know. Let's, so we can um, just talk about it together, we right? We can talk about it together. <laughs> so go ahead, introduce, uh, introduce your first pick. Right, my first pick was uh, 122, which is proactive versus reactive gaming, which was we talked about an article that I actually wrote on Gnome Stew following a random Twitter content that like made me rethink both my GMing style and my playing style and what it means to be proactive versus reactive in a game setting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that in that episode, we broke down um, the proactive and reactive GM and the proactive and reactive player. Yes. And kind of looked at all four of those um, in terms of kind of figuring out where people fit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was super good. I mean, I really loved your article when you wrote it, and um, it was actually a lot of fun to actually take um, what was actually a pretty popular article for Gnome Stew and turn that out into uh, into an episode. Right. I mean, and it's one of those things for me where it's like, it's certainly not the be all end all and like, you know, labels are only what we kind of make them. But in a lot of ways, sometimes it's easier to be like, oh, I understand how I do this. So... Now I can tell people like 
what to expect from me or I know what I need from a game for it to work and be fun. Like, so sometimes it's, sometimes it can be useful to have shorthand, even if it's just for yourself to describe like what works for you. Right. Yeah. I I actually think that's really important. Right. I think it's really important to know what your style is as a GM, because when you pick games, there are games that are going to be conducive to your style and there are games that are, uh, that are not. And, um, (laughs) And when you don't quite know what your style is, like you'll just pick games that seem interesting to you and you'll it'll be hit and miss for you. Some games will be totally fun and some games will be a real slog to run and stuff like that. But as you kind of understand the kind of GM you are, and there's all sorts of different, right? Like the, in that article, we talked about four different types of GMs and Robin Laws talks about, you know, yeah. um, other ones. And uh, actually... Uh, there's another article somewhere buried on the Gnome Stew where Walt Chanowski and I talk about different types of GMs in in, in a yeah. different context and whatever. Right, it's just it, it's just all different ways to. It doesn't even matter yeah. which one you subscribe to. It's kind of like those office personality things. It doesn't really matter if you're like a Disc <laughs> or a Briggs Meyer or whatever. What's important is that if you understand something about yourself after having you know put yourself in a bin. Uh, it then will inform you on about the things that you do and don't enjoy. And that will lead you to picking better games. Like I play a metric ton of PBTA games because they fit me really well as a GM. Yep. And, and, and that's, and I used to feel bad about it, but like I've gone and run other games and I'm like, Oh, these games are actually like more work for me. They're not as much fun. And when I go back and play PBTA games, I'm like, oh man, these feel so like easy. easy for me to run. Yes. Now there's another GM out there that's the exact opposite. There's somebody out there who is um, rocking with their role master uh, and dying if they have to play Dungeon World. And that's just who we are. Right. Okay. Anyway, that's um, that's one twenty two. So that's my second pick. You should now go do your second pick. Right. Okay. So my second pick, and I ended up just going back super far. Like I had other things along the way that I was like, "Hmm, maybe that one. But um, I actually went back to 105, um, which is relationships. And it's, it's, we actually talked about using relationships to bring new people into the game and invest them in the game, right? So it's about adding new players. And the reason that I called this one out partially admittedly is because I really am attached to the game that was sort of our example for this, right? So it came, the topic came out of adding a player to the Tales from the Loop game that I will never stop talking about um, because it was an amazing experience. (laughs) Um, So I really liked it. And also there's just the fact of the matter, which is, I am obsessed with relationships in games. Like, I just am. That's where hate kissing comes from. That's where, like, everything... Part of what I'm really getting out of gaming at this point in my life is that I really like to play out relationships that I'm not in, or maybe that I'm in something similar or whatever, but, like, to experiment with relationships and feelings at the table in a safe space that I'm not necessarily experiencing, like, me, myself, and I, right? So mm-hmm. I'm all about the relationships, and I really liked that one because um, we used the demo, Tales from the Loop. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Cool. Excellent. So what's your third one? 
My third one is episode 103, going back even farther yeah. than yours. Oh, I'm um, going to go back one more. <laughs> episode 103, The Bait and Switch. Yeah, you're not clever. You are not clever. Um, <laughs> we kind of talked about why The Bait and Switch is a terrible idea and about yep. there are proper ways to subvert expectations. And then there are... Um, there are many bad, bad ways, bad ways um, to do it, and uh, and we also went with my. I think that episode also includes my age old advice because it's in the title. As a GM, if you think you're being clever, stop. Yeah, you're like, not being clever. Stop. You're not being clever. Something's about to go terribly wrong. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I do like that one. It's a cautionary tale about uh, a thing that people think is, uh, especially younger GMs, think is awesome. But the chance that it's going to blow up in your face is high, and yes. if I can save you from anything, I will. Um, I will put my knowledge to use. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you went one further back than I, I did. Went tell one us further back. I tell had me about to. episode one oh two. I I mean I had I had to. I don't know how we could possibly make this list without this. It shall live in infamy for all of our podcast days. Episode 102 is called The Beefness. Ah, <laughs> uh, the episode about player about stakes in games. Stakes. Yes, stakes. Player stakes and campaign stakes and arc stakes and story stakes, all the stakes. But it also has a story about breakout last year and about a batch of french fries you did not enjoy <laughs> in a gastropub. Because they were fried in beef fat. Is that correct? That is correct. It also has one of two instances in the three years of the show where Phil lost it in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> that is true. That is the episode I actually did not think we were actually going to finish making. I thought we were going to uh, publish a half episode of, of us laughing. Because once you have made a joke about the beefness... And you have a whole episode about steaks. About steaks. Yeah. It, your brain can make that connection <laughs> effortlessly from beefness Beef to steaks. To steaks. Yep. And back. And yep. uh, yes. Yep. So there was much hilarity. The outtakes, yep. I think, are particularly delicious in that uh, <laughs> in that episode. I, I mean, first of all, there's the coining of the phrase, the beefness, which right. I think if I remember correctly, you tried to pass off very quickly. <laughs> I did. I just, and then I like rewound I the show to corner you. I didn't like you. the beefness. And you were like, wait a minute. <laughs> like we had to go take that word apart go, yeah. go back <laughs> yeah. yeah yep that was uh that was that was a show <laughs> that, that was uh that was um that was a hard show to record for all the right reasons as opposed yes. to last week which was, which a, hard was a hard show. show for all the bad Ra reasons yeah exactly yeah anyway cool. the beefness so um that's our picks but we did have um oh, yeah we honorable did have mention. An honorable mention. Yes. What's our honorable mention? Uh, our honorable mention is for Raccoons Talking Games, which came out in August uh -huh. and introduced the true uh, uh, love-hate relationship between the raccoons and the pandas. It is, um, it is a hilarious episode. If uh, <laughs> imitation is a form of flattery, I think we were... I think we were Very fully flattered. flattered by that episode. And they <laughs> had amazing people on in on the joke, and I couldn't even believe it. It was truly awesome. Yes. It was yeah. quite good. Quite yeah. good. Yes. Truly amazing. 
Cool. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about before we wrap up the show is, and we do this every year, is where do we go from here? So I went back through all of our episodes, kind of wanted to see where, like, you know, where, we, where we've where we been. Um, yeah. And so the thing I did notice is that this year we had a lot of grab bag episodes. We did, yep. And that was, uh, two, there were two main reasons. Actually, there's a third reason, but there were two main reasons. The first one was starting in March when uh, we recorded episode 100, uh, I was still just kind of, I was just coming back from my arm injury. Yeah, it, which is, it was a big thing and it's been recovery. Right. Yeah. So there was so there was still some recovery and we were kind of shaking out like getting back to work kind of thing. Yeah. Um and grab bags are, you know, really easy episodes to do. Yep. Um and the other one was that we started getting into convention season and uh we will always do as you know, we will always mm-hmm. do a couple of grab bags um right before and right and right before and during a convention because they're easier to record. Yep. And um, we have to usually record two episodes in the weeks leading up to a con because we need everything to be done so Senda can get on a plane to fly out to the con. And we need one to drop the Monday after a con because we're not there. Right. Um, so so anyway, we went to a bunch of cons. And so hence, there were a lot of grab bags. Many but grab bags. Yep. The the third reason, though, was that we hit some growing pains in, in, in uh, last year, right? It's true. We definitely did. We got to a point where um, not every show easily worked being about campaigns and one shots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and we knew that was going to happen. Um, yeah. That I mean, was always... Three years. Yeah. <laughs> Having a single fixed topic for a show is always dangerous right. um, because if you do run out uh, and you are totally married to the concept, then you are kind of locked into it and either stops being fun or you stop or you run out of ideas or whatever. Yep. So being able to adapt the show as things change and as we run out of content and as it just sort of naturally evolves is always a better idea. And so this was the year we we tried out a few things and we talked to some of you for some ideas about how we wanted to manage it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the year we tried out some actual play. Yeah, that didn't actually really work. <laughs> it, it, it really didn't. No, it was, um, it was, it's actual play and i know this from from saskeek right but like it's so much harder to edit and trying to do it weekly was kind of rough even in those tiny short amounts and then also like the tiny short amount was just enough to almost get both us and our audience into the show and then it was done it wasn't really working out so we ended up dropping that again but thanks for sticking with us (laughs) yeah so much like what is it um Smash Man and uh, Skill Monkey. Monkey. Yeah, uh, we had to we had to put that to rest. Yeah. Um, evolution it, show evolutions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I like playing games with you, so that that part was fun. But listening to you having to edit it Ugh. each week was um, not so good. Not so good. So you know, we made a call and we we shut it down. Should we say the thing that we've been thinking about? We don't know exactly well, how this works. We say work. it. I mean, we you know we're we're not no, making any promises. No promises. We'll just no throw, promises. Right. We have been considering just playing the rest of that arc really quickly, all in one go, and dropping it with no editing and or minimal editing, possibly on our Patreon, just so that you can have the conclusion to that story. I don't have a lot of time to edit it though. So yeah, we're working that out. We're thinking about it. All right, so so with all that said, what does that mean for uh, the coming year, right, for, for year four? Yeah, so it means the show will always be about us, Phil and Zenda, talking about 
games, right? Panda, mm-hmm. Phil and Senda, Panda, will always be talking about games. Yeah, and I think we've actually hit a, a, a direction I like. Uh, and actually, I think this came uh, from feedback from the chat room the Slack chat room. Um, specifically, I remember PK Sullivan talking to us about uh, about this. That having two sides of a topic, yeah, um, seemed to really be the thing that works really well uh, for us when we, you know, when you talk about one thing and I talk about the other. Right. Um, and so, you know, that started with campaigns and one shots. But you know, in it recent have episodes, to stay that way, yeah, yeah, in recent episodes, we've been kind of adapting that and making that work. Um, and I think we'll, I think we'll keep doing that. Yeah. And so we'll keep doing grab bags to handle smaller questions and make recording easier when we get close to conventions or if something weird comes up in our lives or whatever. That's still going to be our go-to to kind of do easy recording stuff. And they're also great because we usually get to answer two or three questions in one episode, right? Which uh, And, and you often ditch Lily episodes. I know. Sometimes breakfast cereal. Yeah. Yes, the people were really interested in breakfast cereal. Like, <laughs> we talked about of, it a lot. There was a lot of there was a lot of chatter afterwards about breakfast cereal. <laughs> Almost as much as the potato salad. Yes, well, we won't talk about potato salad again. Um, the other thing you can expect this coming year is that we are definitely going to talk more about Turning Point. Yeah. Um, Turning Point is uh, going to be going to Kickstarter in the summer. We're writing it right now. And uh, as we get closer and closer, I'm sure that we're not only going to talk about the game and the Kickstarter, but we'll likely take some themes from Turning Point and actually turn out episodes and talk about those topics in the show. So expect to hear a lot more about Turning Point as we uh, get into the mid to late summer. Yeah, and we're super excited about it. We are, and we hope you are too. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If you don't know what it is, well, it's our collaborative dramatic uh, decision-making engine. engine. And uh, we'll talk more about that uh, in the months to come. Yep. So thank you all extremely very much for listening. We really, really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, You have, you've supported us. Some of you support us uh, via Patreon. Uh, Many of you support us by saying uh, so many nice things about the show and about enjoying um, listening to us. It's really nice. I mean, we like hanging out with each other, talking about games, but it's even better if um, you like that uh, hanging out with us. Yeah. So and 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 you know and sometimes people are also telling other people about us, which is also fantastic. Yeah, we like that too. Um, spread the word. <laughs> Whew. All right. Well, when we start thanking listeners on an anniversary show, it must be time to close out the show. But before we do, send to tell us about another show on the Mistrucked Mark Network. She's a super geek. Is an actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Join me and Andy every other Tuesday for lots of different RPGs and guests. And I will tell you, I have a full calendar coming up through July and I'm super excited about every single one of these games there's going to be a lot of kickstarter stuff so keep your ears Yeah, out. you're becoming like a you're becoming like a stop on the on the way to kickstarterville. <laughs> I know and I don't have enough release dates to truly be that for everyone and I wish that I did. You, what you what you need to do is you need to like you need to co-op bonus experience to be like the backup she's a super geek so like if there's too many like if there's too many games be like okay monica and ray right. uh you're you in do this one <laughs> right like you guys are you know you you guys are like the you know well you can't do east coast west coast avengers because that's um no that's one that's not a thing and two the coasts are all wrong 
So yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we should close this out. We Say, really should. <laughs> uh, send a where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. We are still working on that Google Plus replacement, but I promise that progress has been made, even though it's not visible yet. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have that information or have jotted down that email address, what can they do with it? So the thing you can do is send us your topics. We love to do the show about the things that you're interested in hearing. And to be honest, we've managed to skate by for three years by almost not coming up with any of our own topics. It's great. Um, So we'd like to continue that trend into year four by having you keep sending us topics. So send us things that you would like us to talk about. (laughs) Uh, We'll figure out what points to talk about around them and we'll do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, do that. Hey, what's the other thing you can do besides sending us topics that we love so very much? Well, it is coming into con season, so you should send us your table selfies. Next time you are sitting down at an awesome table to play a game with awesome peeps, snap a picture of that game, hashtag it table selfie, and I would say put it on the social media of your choice, but I'd be lying. Put it on Twitter. Yes. That is the social (laughs) media of our choice. Of our choice. Twitter. (laughs) If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, You get the bonus outtakes from this show. You get the after show from the Misdirected Mark, access to the Slack Room for Life, and uh, the random occasional goodie dropped into uh, your hands via encoded designs, parody songs, that kind of thing. Uh, We all... We also like to do shout outs to our patrons and in keeping with the picks from earlier, the first one is to Eric the Weregator, who is Lord, Lord of, of the, the Beefness. Beefness. Yes. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, Rich Ruin, thank you as well. And Chelsea Clark. Thanks, Chelsea. If you are already supporting the Patreon or unable to support the Patreon campaign, um, there's another thing you can do that makes us so happy, like pandas with way too much bamboo on the top of a hill. Uh, what is that thing? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really actually does help new people Find the show, which is awesome. And gosh, we love, 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 love to see them and read them and stuff. So if it's not on the U.S. iTunes store, because it's kind of hard to track everything and also hard to see things that are outside of the U.S. when it comes to iTunes, please let us know so we can go find it. We would really, really love to see it. (laughs) Indeed. And thank you so much to everyone who has already left a review. Thank you very much. Cool. Hey, Phil. Show me how you are going to get us ready for year four. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got. 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 Bloopy. Click, click, click. Clicky. All right. 150 clicks. Mm-hmm. And counting. 150 clickies. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of clickies. It is a lot of clickies. Bloop. Mm. Mm. I'm clearing my throat. And you're talking okay. while you're drinking.
And you're I know, drinking I'm kombucha, so kombucha. Awesome, much, awesome, awesome choice of the fizzy drink while we record. That's not going to come back and haunt us. I feel like it's tradition. I feel like you're being called out. <laughs> Episode 150. Um, 150. Uh, it's still cold in my basement. It's um, Despite the fact that it almost hit 40 today, it's still cold in my basement. So I'm well, still kind of cold. Not so cold that I have to cozy up with the apple brick. Though not so warm that I'm not considering cozying up with the apple brick. Like... <laughs> Not a hundred percent sure. I'm. I'm. Not hundred percent sure. I don't want to hold on to it and just like hold it in my hand <laughs> or something. You seem to be playing with it. <laughs> well, I was just uncoiling the are rest you, of the. Are you touching just, it? Well, I'm just, just putting the the little clicky things down. Right. Yeah. Put the clicky things down so you don't mess with the clicky things because we already did the clicky. It was the first part. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I already took off my. I took off my bracelet. I took off my Fitbit. And I've put my phone. They're all on. Like they're oh, all on mute. something soft. Mute. I, w- I did not mute my phone, but I did now. All right. Well, that would have been, you... been embarrassing. Bloop. Do you know what day this episode comes out on? Uh, April Fool's Day. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. Is I... that why we're doing the beginning that we're doing? Uh, nope. <laughs> doing the beginning we're doing because it's funny. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Bloop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, April 1st. So, like, yeah, that was my um, start date. So, I was, like, terrified to take anyone's advice that first day when I was setting up my computer. Oh, my God. I just assumed everybody was lying to me the whole time. I mean, that seems fair. (laughs) Did you say things like, uh, tell me again tomorrow? (laughs) No, I was just, you know, just trying to be a good sport about it. Like, I just kind of, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds reasonable. All right, yeah. (laughs) Like, the whole time, though, I was expecting it to be the punchline of some joke, but managed not to be. There's a pool on the roof. Yeah, that's okay. Nice reference. <laughs> Good job. Did you tell did you tell him about the pool on the rof Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> but the pool leaks. Yeah. And again, I think, leaks. and you have to ask Rob Abrazado, but I'm fairly sure Rob Abrazado's sister or Rob went to that high school. Bloop. It's super teenage angsty like I'm pretending so hard I don't like you. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. all of my characters in my last several games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This so is much. all, this is, this is all like, no, I'm totally not into you. I don't know what you're talking about. That's ridiculous. Why would anyone say anything like that? Please kiss me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. oh, no. I mean, in my last, in my last uh, campaign episode of Scum and Villainy, um, I was racing against my nemesis. Oh, yes. And, um, as you do. As you do, and both of our um, skimmers got totally jacked. Well, actually, we ended up saving his because it had the new awesome, like, crazy engine in it that I had been working on building. But in doing so, they didn't roll well enough to also save mine. So they saved me, but not my ship. As they all, the wreckage went floating off into space because crazy Mario Kart world with gravity (laughs) problems, right? Right. Um, Rainbow Road style space thing. Um, And, uh, and, uh, yeah. And so we went into a full on screaming match right up in each other's faces as soon as we were inside the airlock. And and did you hate kiss? Ripped off our helmets and screamed off at each other until we were close enough that we just started kissing. Yeah, there you go. That's, yeah, that's how it's done. That's totally how it's done. <laughs> it was the best. Well done. Did you have to roll for the hate kiss? No, I didn't have to roll for the hate kiss. I already lost my ship. I have been working on that 
for a while, <laughs> off That's... into space it went. It's no good. You should run a salvage operation. Go get it. Well, it's fine. The engine I was trying to build is in his ship, so now I just have to steal, steal his it? ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Bloop. Anyway, you want to do a show? Yeah, I guess we could do like a show. The uh, third anniversary? Thurn third anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, three threened threened anniversary. Now, I, I don't think I need to go over this because this sometimes confuses you, but um the first line is yours because uh-huh. it's in red. <laughs> I know, but it looks like something that you would say. Yes. So you need to just, you need to go on faith that the color is correct. I'm just adjusting my mic real quick. Right, right, uh, right, right. Right, 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 right. Bloop. I was slouching before and slouching's not going to do anything. Slouching's not going to help. Yeah. It's very bad Hang for on, you. I'm just going to position this one more time. Okay. That'll give me some lateral movement. So let me just, bloop. there we go. I hate mic placement. Like, if I understood anything about my placement, I'd be like, I would be a danger. <laughs> I know. You need a lavalier so that it moves with you. I, you know, we think that's, we all think that's a good idea, but we don't actually know what I'm going to be capable of doing to a lavalier. Like, will I, know. I like, will I like ruffle my shirt and make noises? Probably. Like, you would solve need, that problem. You would need one of those lavaliers that like goes like the newscasters, like they look like they have the weird growth on their face. Yeah, I right sus- by their mouth. I mean, I suspect we should just get rid of my mic and let me use my um, and let me use my gaming headset and mic. Like, I just like I feel like <laughs> we're way safer if we let me do that. Like, I'd have I'd have the cans on; they're super comfortable. I have the boom mic. I can't go anywhere because it's like stuck to my head. <laughs> I but know. I think you all. I think you all said it doesn't sound as good as this mic. No, because it gets lots of stuff. What if I just duct tape this thing to my face? What if I just take it off the stand? <laughs> what if I just duct tape it right to my cheek? Right? Like, right. would that work? Would that, I like, think, would that be the so best of both worlds? What you need is, like, a construction helmet with an arm that came out of the top of the construction helmet and held the mic directly at your mouth. All right, so, so hypothetically, if I got <laughs> hypothetically, if I got one of those um, extendable arm uh, booms like you have, uh-huh. but but I somehow mounted it to you a to a construction hat, duct taped um, it. Yes. Well, I, I think we're gonna have to do something more permanent, like a, a like a crazy glue or some sort of epoxy <laughs> kind of thing, All and then the just and had it like swing down in front of me. You think that might be better? Yes. You okay. would be a little bit like one of those angler fish with a microphone. Yeah. Am I going to suffer from any kind of neck strain? I think that would be my next. That I don't know. I can't tell how, how heavy this How is. heavy is that? Like, am I, I going to suffer from neck strain? Because I think that would be my next concern. The, <laughs> I would also I, be concerned about you swinging your head around and smacking someone in the face. Well, there's no one here. Like, it's just Well, me. not for this show. What about for Misdirected Mark? Well, you know, that show's live. Whatever. My sound's crappy on there anyway. <laughs> I know, because you're always like, over here. And Chris is like, I've adjusted it so that you can all hear Phil. And we're like, you're lying. <laughs> Bloop. I know, but like, I can't, that's a long show. I can't be expected to sit in one spot for too long. <laughs> it's boring. Okay. Yeah, this this one is short form. Good. All anyway, right. speaking of thing? short form, we should really start. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I mean, after this, I'm Amazoning that swing arm thing in a, in a helmet. <laughs> let's get They're this like thing over with now. Helmet mic mount. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting that they actually have one. I think this is more of a construction job. Bloop. 
Wait, it doesn't say hey. Oh my god. <laughs> You couldn't just you couldn't just put the hay in yourself. I was about to say hey, but then I was like, "Am I not supposed to say hey?" Are, I, I, could you not? Did no, you I'm not gonna, think that, that you <laughs> did not think that you could have just added okay. that in the ad lib? It's okay. I'm All gonna right. do it now. Are you gonna type it in? Because I feel like you should type no. it in now that you okay. you can okay. Since it threw you off. Sorry, I didn't start with the hey Phil. Bloop. Hey. <laughs> You're supposed to know what that means. It doesn't just mean it. It's in black, so it's clearly my line. <laughs> oh, now we're going to be finicky to that point. <laughs> you know. I just assumed it was mine because you left it in black and you put it in the wrong space anyway. Well, now it's in red. All right. Well, do what you want with it. Matches my microphone. <laughs> I, mine's black. Matches my microphone. <laughs> there you go. Bloop. Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You you said that really short, but okay. Bloop. It's the hundred and fiftieth time we've hummed this song. We've done it a lot. Uh huh. And you guys still listen to it. Well, somebody is. Somebody. Bloop. Well, Jim from Jim La. Wow. <laughs> Jim lacks games. I'm pretty sure. He I'm pretty sure lack he's got them. games. I'm he's pretty sure he's definitely got of them. some. He's got yeah. some games. Yeah. Bloop. Where do we go from here? Is that a song or are you just singing the title? It's, it's, you have, it's, but it's Buffy. It's, but no. Why is the path unclear? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Something that ship God knows. It's been a long. It's me. been a long time since I've watched Buffy. I mean, fair enough, but I didn't have a roommate who like rewatched the. Here. Oh, I didn't have a, See, yes, I had a roommate who rewatched them. I also have the soundtrack. Like gotcha. sometimes you just have to listen to Buffy. Like mm, it just happens. Not sure I've done that, but anyway. Um, so I feel like this could change in your future. <laughs> Bloop. I'm gonna. Break out the list of ideas, and we're gonna <laughs> make a plan. And that's not true. I'm just gonna grab something off the list and make an yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. We're just week. gonna do exactly what we always do. Show me what you got. 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 All right, you ready? Wait, wait, wait. a space. I yes, know. There's I know. Something. Wait a okay. space, and then say it. Okay. Bloop. Good. We had to do that. <laughs> we're at 102. Do you want to say yeah, goodbye? Yeah, I really don't want to record anymore. Bye. Bye.